Hey, this is Blaze with another How I Learn series podcast episode. This story is from Alex Galifant. He is a correspondent for the BBC. He also performs sketch comedy and one-act plays in New York and also in the UK. And you can see him at The Pit with his improv troupe Skycopter here in New York. And uh, here he is telling a story for the theme, How I Learned I Might Be Obsessed. Enjoy. I am a quarter German and three quarters English, which means that I am uh, deeply sensible and entirely rational. There is no Gallic flair. There is no Latin passion. There are sensible solutions to problems complicated and simple. And this trait, this sort of heritage, uh, was played out in my childhood uh, through the absence of pets in my family. We never had a pet. Quite. It's a sad, sad thing. My brother and I, we begged our parents for a pet. We just wanted a cat or a dog. And uh, they said, well, well, no, no. Um, <laughs> because we, we, you know, they, they lived abroad. We moved around and they, you know, they made the case. They said, you know, well, we move from place to place and it's not really sensible to put a put a, a pet in quarantine and then to bring it back and forth you can't look after it pro- properly so so the answer is no and uh, and then they would refer us to our teddy bears uh, you know you have teddy bears um, you know you should go to your teddy bear for a cuddle and that, that should do uh, and you know we had other things we had bicycles we had computers we were very fortunate fortunate children but no pets no pets and then when I was Eight years old, I was sent to boarding school in England. Again, a very, very sensible decision. Uh, I had uh, won a a scholarship to sing in a cathedral, so it was financially a a sensible decision. Um, Again, they were living abroad, so it made sense in those terms as well. Um, But still no pets. Now, there were kids at the school who did have pets. In fact, there there was a pet hut, uh, a, um, a sort of dingy, grim affair run by the Latin master, Mr. Farrier. Um, and so boys could own rabbits, you know, there was a rabbit hutch, uh, or guinea pigs, um, there were a number of hamsters, uh, all of whom seemed to be, you know, running themselves into insanity, kind of wheels to nowhere, um, drinking from water bottles, hoping that it's poison, probably. Um, but, you know, I did not have a, a, a pet at the pet hut, because I was singing so much, and so there was no time, and it wasn't sensible, and again, please, you have a teddy bear. Um, by the way, my teddy bear had an eminently uh, practical name. Uh, you know, it, it did not multiply entities beyond necessity. You know, it, it, my teddy bear's name was Teddy. And it just straight down the line. Um, and then as I entered adolescence, sort of things started to change. I started to think, well, you know, perhaps I, I, I needn't sort of pursue a pet. Perhaps it's time to pursue a girl. You know, and so I sort of shifted my focus to uh, wanting a snog, w- wanting wanting a girl, a snog. It's a wonderful word, a snog. Um, you know, or or a, or a girlfriend. And then as I grew older, perhaps even perhaps even a, a wife. You know, and that is a sensible goal. You know, to to share a life with another human being. That's practical. You know, it makes you happy. There are all sorts of very good reasons to 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 pursue that. 
And so, you know, I, I put away childish things and, and I made this my, my target. Perhaps wasn't conscious of doing that, but I think that's what happened. And in doing so, I realized that I internalized and refashioned the arguments for not having a pet. So I would think about pets as irrational choices because it's kind of weird having an animal in your home. And it's odd to have a creature that isn't a human sort of free reign in your house shitting in a corner. It's, <laughs> it's a little bizarre. You know? And the way that people you know, um, ascribe the full range of human emotions to, to, to cats and dogs, that's a little bizarre too. You know, you know, you don't have a full human relationship with a dog because it's a dog. Um, so I was sort of, you know, comfortable with this. And then I, I moved to the States and then I, I began, you know, the, the, the grand pursuit of women. You know, with, with, a, with a feral hunger of a jungle human who is not an animal. You know, I was not anthropomorphizing myself. You know, I was a man. Um, and, I, and I, you know, I, I struck lucky. Uh, I, I met a woman who became my girlfriend and then who, you know, in an act of abiding generosity, agreed to become my wife. <laughs> and through her, I met all her friends. I met Nick and Adam. I met Colleen and Andy. I met Alan and Alexis. And through them, I met Tony. And Tony changed my life. Tony was the warmest, most friendly, most eager to play little gray shih tzu I have ever met. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was the crack in my Hoover Dam. There is no crack in the Hoover Dam. Just, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a news story. Um, but, you know, it was sort of extraordinary the way I found myself wanting to play with this little furry dog. And I'd never really felt that before. It's almost like I suddenly had license having you know, um, won my woman. And I'm not sure that, like, but in any case, Tony was wonderful. And I found myself trying to engineer time with Tony. <laughs> I, I, you know, I would, I would invite Alan out for walks because Tony would be there. Um, we invited Alan and Alexis over for dinner and then in the bottom of the email, I'd write, you know, feel free to bring Tony. No? He's perfectly welcome. And then spend the entire evening playing with Tony and ignoring our friends. Um, yes, exactly. And, and, and my wife, God bless her, I think spotted this sort of little chink appearing in my Anglo-Germanic armor and exploited it ruthlessly. She... So I, I'd go on reporting trips, and when I went away on trips, she would leave little cards in my bag. And from this point on, they were all cards of puppies. <laughs> she bought me a, a little um, pop-up cardboard model of a, a West Highland Terrier puppy, one of those little white Westie puppies. It sits on my desk next to briefing papers about the war in Syria. <laughs> she bought me... She bought me a, a calendar, a day calendar of puppies, which I thought was just a little bit weird. But then I found myself just wondering what puppy was going to be tomorrow. And some of them are just so lovely. And then, with a cruel twist of the knife, 
the fate accomplished. She gave voice to Tony. I was missing him. I mean, I couldn't spend that much time with him, and I was kind of bereft without him. And she gave voice to Tony, and his voice is this. Oh, hi. I'm Tony. I'm a dog. That's it. That is the ur-text of what had become a a sort of a developing obsession. I'm Tony. Oh, hi. I'm Tony. I'm a dog. Sort of ontologically very simple, straightforward, actually kind of of appealing in those terms, but, you know, uh, oh, hi, I'm Tony. I'm a dog. Um, And I found this so magical that, that I started giving life to other dogs on the street, these little walking cuddles going around the city, cuddles with four legs. And I'd see a dog approaching me, and uh, you know, in the time that it reached me, I would have determined its gender, my choice, I've no idea what. <laughs> I can't tell. Um, I've never had a dog. Um, I, would have, I would have figured out its character, my sense of you know, what sort of dog it was, and then I would have given it as a name. Generally, a sort of an old English name. So the dog, I'd see the dog, the dog would walk towards me, and by the time it got to me, within earshot of the owner, I'd be going, Oh, hi, I'm Gerald, I'm a dog. (laughs) Oh, hi, I'm Dolly, I'm a dog. Always with a sort of bad American accent as well. It's sort of very strange. So really a lot of things are coming together in this. Sometimes I see two dogs, and I'd say, Oh, hi, I'm Peter, this is Oliver, we're dogs. (laughs) You know... So, so I'm not sure if I'm going mad or if I'm just becoming very, very soft inside. And I've got to say, that's kind of where I am at the moment. You know, it's not like this is a long time in the past. And I know, and I know, you know, there is a deep disconnect here. I mean, I recognize that I'm, you know, an erotically magnetic... I'm an erotically magnetic hunk of British granite. And, and there's a disconnect between that and, you know, this um, uh, sort of infantilized adult. Um, but, you know, I'm, I, I'm trying to make sense of it. And I think that perhaps there's just a sliver of my childhood that, um, that wasn't inhabited in some way. And, and has now been given flight in some sense, which is sort of marvelous. But, you know, it's not a, it's a very practical obsession in a way. Because... I don't have a dog. I don't have to deal with a dog or look after a dog. So then the question is, well, do I get a dog? And then I think, well, if I'm going to get a dog, do I just get a baby? Um, do you know, get a baby? Well, you actually can get a baby. Anyway, do I have a baby? <laughs> Steal a baby? No. Um, uh, because, you know, it strikes me that if you're going to clean up someone's shit in the corner, it may as well be your own offspring. Um, but then... You know, I saw a guy, funnily enough, today. Uh, you know, he had, a, he had a wedding ring on, and uh, he had a baby in a stroller, and he had a little Westie puppy on a leash. So there is at least one guy in New York who has it all. <laughs> Thank you. you enjoyed that story from Alex Galifant. You can find him on Twitter at G-A-L-L-A-F-E-N-T. The How I Learn series is created, produced, and hosted by me, Blaze Allison Kearsley, and this podcast episode was edited by Ben Fausch. 
The music you heard is Dog Eat Dog by Adam and the Ants. See what we did there? There's my cat. Um, <laughs> you can check out uh, more information about the How I Learn series at howilearnseries.com. And what else? I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Oh,